Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I guess you could say when it comes to the rapture and Bible prophecy is this notion that, hey, you know, why bother? The Lord's coming back. Wait a minute. We are admonished to occupy until He comes, to be found faithful doing that which He has called us to do, to be busy about the things of the Lord. And if there was ever a time, (laughs) that time is now. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Thessalonians. Many believers today may be longing for the imminent return of Christ. And as conditions in the world continue to creep toward chaos, Pastor J.D. warns you not to simply sit down and settle in for Christ's return. Don't seek to read the signs, but continue to work for His kingdom with urgency and dedication. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're in 2 Thessalonians and our text today will be verses 1 and 2. We're not going to quite get to verse 3, but I'll have you turn there if you're not there already. And the Apostle Paul is writing to this church in Thessalonica, and we are beginning a very interesting and I would say uh, prophetic chapter, a chapter fitly spoken, if I can say it that way today. So beginning in verse 1, the Apostle Paul writing to the church says, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and, keyword, our being gathered to Him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become, verse 2, easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. So I want to talk with you today about how we as Christians should never be easily alarmed or become unsettled, especially in light of all that is happening in our world, in our country today. You know, it's interesting, when this crisis first hit, I went to the Lord, sought the Lord, inquired of the Lord concerning what I was to do in terms of the teaching of His Word. And I really sensed that the Lord would have me to uh, begin doing these topical teachings on Thursday nights instead of resuming the book of Proverbs, at least at that time. And then also on Sunday mornings to 
began addressing really all that was happening from a prophetic perspective because what was happening was very prophetic for obvious reasons. I think uh, you would agree. But in the back of my mind, I kept in mind this chapter that we have before us today. And I mentioned this on Thursday night, and I love this about God's Word, because no matter where you're at in God's Word, that's where you're at. Because God's Word, did that, did that come out right? I hope so. <laughs> Listen, that's the best I got. So, But it doesn't matter where you're at in your life or what's happening in your life, you get into the Word and it will speak to exactly what is happening in your life. And the reason is because God's Word is alive, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to surgically cut between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Imagine it as a surgical instrument, the Word of God. It, It cuts and removes from us that which should never take up residence in our lives. And certainly that is the case today as we begin this chapter. Let me say it this way. If you were to take and put a caption under the picture of what is happening, particularly in in America today, you could put under that picture 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. As I'm sure doubtless you've seen even now with what is happening, they are calling for the defunding of the police. I cannot tell you how many times, and maybe the same is true for you as well, that I heard this one particular word all week. And it's a word that we're going to see as we get into this chapter and our study of this chapter in 2 Thessalonians 2. And that word is lawlessness. Lawlessness. In other words, what we are seeing happen today is an apt description of what we see here in God's Word today in this chapter. It's very interesting that these Thessalonian Christians uh, had thought that the seven-year tribulation had already started, that the day of the Lord had already come, which is actually why Paul is writing this second letter to them. This is why he pens this second letter. And even more interesting is that there's almost this built-in divine outline in this second epistle. There are three chapters in Second Thessalonians. And in chapter 1, Paul encourages them in the midst of severe persecution and affliction at the hands of those that were causing trouble and causing them problems. And he even says to them, those who trouble you, don't worry, God's going to take care of them. 
those that cause you these problems. There were those troublemakers. In chapter 2, Paul assures them that they were not in the seven-year tribulation and they did not miss the rapture. Then in chapter 3, as we're going to see, Lord willing, he goes from encouraging them and assuring them to warning them. And he warns them concerning their idleness and just waiting around for the rapture to happen. In fact, some of them had actually quit their jobs and were being a financial burden on those who weren't, that were still working. (laughs) And, And Paul, isn't that just like us? That's one of the dangers, I guess you could say, when it comes to the rapture and Bible prophecy is this notion that, hey, you know, why bother? The Lord's coming back. Wait a minute. We are admonished to occupy until He comes, to be found faithful doing that which He has called us to do, to be busy about the things of the Lord. And if there was ever a time, (laughs) that time is now. Well, be that as it may, we have a very important text before us in these two verses, and it must be understood in order to settle this matter once and for all. And I'll explain what I mean when I say that. If this remains unsettled, then we shouldn't be surprised when we become easily alarmed or fearful, when (laughs) there's this thought that, look what's happening. We must be in the tribulation. Maybe the rapture doesn't happen before the tribulation. Look at what's happening. If I could, if you only knew how many comments and emails and posts we get from people saying, the sixth seal just got opened. No, it didn't. We're already in the tribulation. No, we're not. I, I, I'm getting so much, well, I don't want to take the credit for it. God has dealt with me over the years. But I've, I've always been so tempted to just it would just take a few strokes of the keyboard, you know, and, you know, to, in a sanctified way, of course, respond with something to the effect of, you ain't seen nothing yet. This is nothing compared to what's going to happen. This is a foreshadow of what's to come. The tribulation period is casting its shadow now. We're just getting a sort of a preview of coming attractions, if I can say it that way. So the reason that it's so important to settle this is because if you're wishy-washy, ambiguous, uncertain, unclear, then no wonder you're going to be full of fear because look what's happening. It's when you understand that the rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation, that it just settles it. And it settles you. So, interesting, these Thessalonian Christians were of the belief, because apparently there was this letter 
that was making its way around. It would be the equivalent today of somebody posting a YouTube video. We're in the tribulation. <laughs> and these, these Christians started doubting everything Paul had taught them when he was there with them. And then in his first letter to them, And then now he writes to clarify and set the record straight. And that's what this chapter is about. He's saying to them, don't be fearful. Don't become easily unsettled. Don't be alarmed. He's setting the record straight. What follows are two reasons from these two verses that will be germane to our understanding, especially, Lord willing, next week when we take and tackle verse 3. Why is verse 3 so important? Because I am of the belief, and I want to talk about this, Lord willing, next week, that in verse 3 of 2 Thessalonians, Paul is saying, that the tribulation can't start until the rapture happens first. Then the Antichrist is revealed. And as you might imagine, this has been the subject of much debate uh, amongst very well-respected Bible teachers. I've confessed very openly that I've gone back and forth concerning verse 3. But the importance, the the importance of these two verses, because Paul is talking about the day of the Lord, the seven-year tribulation, and he's sort of clarifying and setting the record straight and addressing their concerns about having missed the rapture. And this is why he says what he says with specificity, And he delineates between the rapture and the second coming. And that's the first reason that we should never become unsettled. These are two separate events. Notice in verse 1, Paul says that, and he uses this word, keyword, and don't be unsettled. You need to settle this concerning the Lord's coming, and our being gathered up to Him. That's the rapture. These are two distinct events. You know, uh, critics, of which there are many, (laughs) of the pre-tribulation rapture doctrine, sound doctrine and truth, will often say, well, if the rapture is true, then that means that the second coming is not really the second coming, it's the third coming. Now I have to admit that, you know, there was a, a time many years ago when I was like, hmm, that's a good point, I never thought of that, you know. And then, <laughs> and then I started, you know, going back and forth, and, and then I realized, wait, 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 wait. No. At the rapture, he doesn't come. We go. Can I I say that again? Indulge me, because I just want to anyway. (laughs) He doesn't come to the earth. We are caught up to Him. It's not a coming of the Lord. It's a gathering up of His church to the Lord. 
And Paul is very clear in no uncertain terms that these are two separate events. And when you start dancing around and twisting this into a prophecy pretzel, and you start mixing them up and twisting them up, no wonder you're so unsettled. You know, the Christian that I feel the most sorry for, especially with everything that's happening in the world today, is the Christian that hasn't settled this. The rapture of the church has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. It's almost like Paul is saying, hey, um, let's start over. (laughs) And keep in mind, he loves them so much. Never imagine the Apostle Paul losing his patience with them. He longed to be with them. He couldn't go back after he was ran out of town. Some believe again that he was only there for maybe a month. We're told in the book of Acts that he was there for at least three weeks. But he wasn't there very long before they ran him out of town. And then after he left, he writes this letter, his first letter, the first epistle that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write was to this church. And so that about a year's gone by, and during that time, and it's kind of like what Paul said in Acts 20, that he would weep day and night for the church because he knew that after he left there would come wolves in sheep's clothing, and they wouldn't spare the flock. And it seems that what was happening here. There were these false teachers that were spreading false teachings concerning the rapture. And it confused them, and it unsettled them, and it alarmed them because the implications of that were such that if, if the rapture isn't before the seven-year tribulation, then we better hunker down. We better get ready. By the way, don't you think it's interesting that nowhere in Scripture are we as the church ever admonished to prep for the tribulation period. Conversely, we are admonished to be ready and watching for his appearing. Even when Paul writes to Timothy, he was at the end of his life. He says, I finished the race. You know, I, I, what awaits me now, the crown of righteousness, I finished well, and I'm, I'm going. (laughs) And I have this crown of righteousness that awaits me, and not just me. Those who long for His appearing, not coming, appearing. That's the rapture. Those who long for the rapture. This is why I never come down hard on people who are just so, I mean, they they get dangerously close to starting to say, well, it's going to be, you know, at this time, and we don't know the day or the hour. I mean, they, they, their heart's right. It's just they're doing the right thing <laughs> in the wrong way. And, but there's nothing wrong with longing for His return, even aching for His return in the rapture. So Paul is now going to get into 
this second reason. And please don't miss this because, again, it's going to be so key to our understanding of the entire context of the entire chapter. If, if we don't understand what he's saying here in verses 1 and 2, then verse 3 isn't going to make any sense. What he's saying is that the day of the Lord, that day, that's the seven-year tribulation. And what he's telling them to clear it up and set the record straight is that day, speaking of the seven-year tribulation, the day of the Lord, when God's wrath is poured out on a Christ-rejecting world, that day can't come until, not the falling away, the apostasy, the departure, the rapture comes first. That day. Because, again, why would he say that that way? Because they were convinced and believed and were deceived that they had missed the rapture. Could you imagine that? That they were already in the tribulation. And by the way, isn't it interesting that they would draw that conclusion wrongly, but that they would still draw that conclusion. Okay, so if we're in the tribulation, that means we missed the rapture which tells me they knew that the rapture had to happen before the tribulation, because if they were already in the tribulation and the rapture had to happen before the tribulation, they missed the rapture. Please tell me that made sense, because in other words, they knew. Wait, wait, we're in the tribulation? The the rapture has to happen first. That means we missed the rapture if we're in the tribulation, which means they knew that the rapture had to happen before the seven-year tribulation. Pastor, why are you harping on this? Because, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I've had to settle this myself. (laughs) Talk more about that in a moment. Stay with me. There's nothing new under the sun. Jesus said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, in that order. Interesting. Uh, But Jesus says, I have come that you might might have life and life more abundantly. What's he saying? He's saying that we have an enemy, Satan. What is his sole goal? His sole goal is to steal from us that which is ours. Oh, what's he going to steal? He's not going to steal your car. What's he going to do with your car? He doesn't need a car. He's not going to steal your credit card. He's not going to steal your ID. I mean, what's he going to do with that? So what is it, pray tell, that Satan wants to steal? Oh, he wants to steal your hope, namely the blessed hope that we have. Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking you through the book of 2 Thessalonians, a New Testament letter that gives practical application of faith in Christ, as well as information about the end times. There's much more to learn, so be sure to tune in again for In Spirit and Truth. If you'd like to hear more from this teaching or other messages from Pastor J.D., visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com today. You can also download our mobile app, allowing you to carry biblical teaching with you wherever you go. 
You'll find a link to download this at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies of the Bible, including those found in 2 Thessalonians, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app as well as our website. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to join us for our worship services this weekend. You'll be able to get service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website. One more time, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in 2 Thessalonians and that you'll continue studying this fascinating book on your own. Tune in next time for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. With your will, holding me true.